Hi, and welcome to another episode of IC Data People. We're here with David Trainer. David is the founder and the CEO of New Constructs, an investment research company leveraging AI to provide superior equity analysis. In addition to founding New Constructs, David previously ran a long short equity hedge fund. He started his career at Credit Suisse, where he pioneered methods for analyzing regulatory disclosures and accounting information. David, welcome to IC Data People. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Thrilled to have you. And I, and I think, you know, one of the things that's most interesting about your work is that you've spent an enormous amount of your career analyzing really detailed financial disclosures. Can you explain to our audience how that process has changed over the past 25 years and, and how you're now leveraging technology to improve and streamline that analysis, uh, as well as Im improve the accuracy of, of the data you're extracting? Yeah, uh, sure. You know, back when I started this stuff, uh, yeah, 25, 30 years ago, you had to order a printout of the filings from the library. They bring down, a, you know, a big thick stack of paper and you went through it manually and you type stuff into a spreadsheet. And uh, that was really bad for a lot of reasons. There was no way to really kind of QC or quality control or check what people were doing. You couldn't make sure that people were following the same methodology. And the worst part was that once you type that data point in, all the intelligence that went into why you put that data point in that spot in your spreadsheet was lost. And so uh, one of the first things we did when we started New Constructs was to create an integrated system where the filing and the data and the model were all linked together. And over the last 25 years, that system has just evolved and evolved. I mean, we've been working on it, really new constructs first built, built the first version of that one 20, 20 years ago, literally. Uh, and we now are able to take advantage of advances in computing power and speed, better databases, so that we as analysts are uh, looking at filings, they've already been prompted as to where probably 90 to 95 to 99% of the data ought to go. A lot of times it's just checking to approve. Sometimes the, uh, the system doesn't even need the human uh, because before the filing gets to the human, we've run millions of calculations against it and try to determine where the data ought to go based on how we have expertly marked up hundreds of thousands of filings in the past. Uh, and then as the data is being added, we can run what we call data checks to check the soundness of, of where analysts are adding data. And by virtue of effectively running a model, running a financial model and making sure that, oh, there's a 10,000% growth in revenue, that's probably not a good number. Or, you know, you don't have any, any data in this bucket in this filing, but we've got it in all past 25 filings, uh, things like that have just made what we do so much better. Uh, and, you know, the, the best part is, is really how much we can automate now. And, and that's a function of, hey, all the data looks so similar to what we've seen in 200,000 different filings or models. Uh, there's no need to review. This is just an update. We're good to go. A human doesn't even look, need to look at it. Definitely a lot of change probably in the last uh, 20, 25 years. And it's uh, super interesting that you create so much value out of you know what we call basic uh, or fundamental information. And can you elaborate more about how you, 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 know, you build this process, uh, how you extract the insights from this uh, data? Uh, Amri, that's a great question, right? It's just fun. It's K's and Q's. We've been looking at these for, you know, 100 years or so, right? 
Uh, and the answer is the devil is in the details. And in the case of uh, financial and regulatory filings, that means footnotes or also known as the notes to the financial statements. And, and that is where, where we really specialize. Look, you really don't need a human to do the income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow statement stuff. You, you honestly don't. We're able to automatically parse that for almost all companies all the time now, right? So, um, and by the way, when we do parse it, the information we get from the footnotes helps us be even be much smarter about how to how to categorize certain data on the income statement in particular. As, as you guys know, there's a paper from Harvard Business School and MIT Sloan called Core Earnings, New Data and Evidence. And in that paper, they, they prove a lot of things about the footnotes, but they even actually say that 30% of the time, the unusual items on income statements are being missed by legacy data providers. And so uh, it really comes, I think, I mean, the big, the big difference is that our system and our technology has been built by experts. These aren't folks in a offshore location collecting data for the sake of collecting data. These are people that are collecting data for the sake of making an intelligent investment decision and to empower our clients, some of the most sophisticated professional and quant investors in the world to make better investment decisions. And for that reason, we bring an unusually high level of rigor and attention to detail because we know million dollar, billion dollar decisions are being made based on our data. We can't mess around. So we make it our goal in life to be experts in the fine print. And, and that includes also accounting rule changes because you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but the Financial Accounting Standards Board, hopefully you haven't noticed because if you were reading these things, you'd probably be you know, tearing your eyes out right now as, as I usually do, but they're publishing updates and changes all the time. Now about 70% of those are inconsequential to a financial model, but 30% are. And so the models and, the, and, and all the data collection systems have to be constantly updated to reflect the fact that disclosures are changing. You know, like for example, everyone applauded the bringing of off balance sheet debt back on balance sheet. And that was a rule that, that came out around, I don't know, three, four, five years ago. And I was actually on the Financial Accounting Standards Board's committee for, uh, that represented the investors, the Investor Advisory Committee when they made that change and we helped them ensure that that accounting rule change did do more damage than good. Uh, you know, the, I think we're in a super interesting times right now with, uh, you know, the chat GPTs, the AIs of the world coming out. And, you know, one of the things I think the change of the last few years is, is exactly that. And what you guys are bringing to the table is the, the expertise, the speciality of all those many years ago that uh, you started the company. Uh, to uh, to get something that just I think does not exist right now uh, from the basic AI or from the large language uh, models, and I I'm wondering how you see those changes in the last few years. How are you looking at, at you know the recent changes specifically? Uh, the recent changes really help us bring more automation uh, to our proprietary training data set. We do not see. AI or large language models or chat GPT or any of these things as a threat to what we do because they don't have access to the data that we have been painstakingly gathering for 20 plus years without the training data, without the actual knowledge of how to distinguish between accounting line items and footnotes that look the same, but are different or are uh, look different, but are the same, you know, without someone to go through and make all those very specific distinctions and categorizations, 
the AI has got nothing to learn from. It's got nothing to learn from. It can't do it. And, and if anything, you know, the, the, the distinguishing element of what it is we do that no one else does is, is the intelligent classification of the accounting data. And I would take it one step further to say classification for best representing the underlying economics of the business. That's our specialty. It's, it's, the, it's the underlying categorization of the data. And that categorization is not something that's, that a machine can just figure out. Most humans can't figure it out, right? So it's not like you can say, hey, put all these filings into a large language model and it's going to figure out how to discern the differences between very complex, unique, regulatory, legalese type language. Can't do it until someone tells it how to do it. As far as I know, we're the only people that have told that machine how to do it. We keep that very secret. <laughs> and we realize that's a, that's a really big part of our competitive advantage. And we are able to use these technologies to take advantage of the number of times we've done it. Right. I mentioned having gone through hundreds of thousands of filings, every one of these filings that our humans have gone through is, is an expertly, expertly marked up filing that can be used to train a machine to replicate what that human has done. But again, machines are only replication creatures at this point. Right. And, and even with 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 ChatGPT, right, I mean, I've heard the, 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 the people who are not so far just call it a, a, a massive plagiarism machine. Right. And really the point being, it's only regurgitating what it's already been, what it's already seen. It's not effectively inventing anything new. It may able, be able to invent a new story to the extent that is intertwining plots and ideas that have never been, you know, to create a new combination of those things that has never existed before. But it's not novel content. It's just recombining content that it's found previously. What we have, our biggest asset is this novel content. And that's able to, that's able to be leveraged to do things more automatically, more efficiently, more accurately. David, you just alluded to the blurring of lines between research and data, right? The use of, of these large language models to create these, this long form content that's predicated on, on, on data that, that may or may not even be accurately tagged. Um, I, I guess as you think about that, that blurring distinction, I, I, I've personally read your research for a long time and always been impressed with, with your focus on executive compensation and return on invested capital. You know, how do you pick out the data points to focus in on when you are thinking about writing that research or extracting that information? Um, and, and why do you key, on, key in on, on ROIC and, and on exec comp uh, or, or other variables? You know, you know, that's that's a great question because, you know, if we were just pure data geeks, we'd be collecting everything from the filings. And, and a lot of our competitors do just that. They can, you know, I, li I like to say, you know, take a filing, turn it upside down, shake it out of the numbers and, you know, put that into a spreadsheet for you. That's not helpful. Uh, and, and I think one of the things that is unique about what it is we do is that we're bringing the perspective of, of a financial analyst to the process of collecting and analyzing accounting data. Accounting expertise and financial expertise, in, in my way of thinking, are very different, and they rarely overlap. Some of the folks that I worked with at the Financial Accounting Standards Board were some of the smartest people I'd ever met. But did they understand how to use that data to, under, to uh, analyze the underlying economics of a business? Most of the time, they didn't. You don't see overlap. And so the benefit of my experience was that you know I started in an accounting firm, but then my next job was with an executive compensation consulting group that effectively did what you said, Evan, aligned, helped boards of directors align the compensation of executives with those, the, the best interest of, of investors. Return on invested capital, the metric you mentioned, 
right? That's probably one of the best metrics for aligning the interests of shareholders with those of investors. We calculate a wide variety of things, but the idea is that we are, we are always focused on bringing an economic perspective to our analysis, Evan. I want my clients to have the best understanding possible of the underlying economics of the business. And then I want them to understand what the stock price implies about the future economics of the business. And, and that's where our valuation work comes in. Uh, but yes, so it, it's all about really bringing multiple perspectives and multiple types of expertise to the table, I think is kind of what makes us special because it's accounting expertise, it's economic expertise, financial expertise, and technology expertise. And that's kind of the unique combination that's allowed us to do what we're doing. And this actually, this uniqueness takes me to my next question, which I'm super curious about. If you can tell me or describe a powerful insight you've seen, uh, you know, from the data you've been building. You know, there's a, there's a lot. It's funny, right? Uh, and sometimes these insights don't matter, right? Like, you know, I mean, there are a lot of companies that stay cheap for a long time and stay really expensive for a long time. I, I would say that the biggest insight is, is really just how much the actual earnings of the business can differ from what's reported, whether it's non-GAAP, whether it's accounting. Uh, when you go through the footnotes and you pull out the unusual items, you know, we see that these unusual hidden items can be sometimes upwards of 20, 30, 40, 50, even 100% of revenue. And, and the, the issue is, the surprising thing is that you never know how much or where you're going to find that data, right? It could be in the MDNA on page 15. Uh, it could be on the income statement or it could be on page 794. And, the, the, you know, the problem with what we do uh, and the benefit of our technology, but the real problem with trying to do what we do is that, you, you know, if you got a 2000 page filing and there are some 2000 page filings, you really got to look at every page because you never know what you're going to find if you skip one or what you're going to, you never know what you're going to miss if you skip one. And, and so that's why the technology is so important. Cause I'll, I'll tell you when I was doing this work manually, I was like, I can't be doing this for much longer. And I'll tell you all my colleagues on wall street, you know, they, they might read a couple of K's or Q's over their career, but they're like, no more of that. Uh, and, and, I, and that's part of the reason I started new constructs because I felt like without this technology, no one would do it. You know, I certainly couldn't do it myself. I didn't want to do it myself, but the technology is really, it's really necessary, honestly, for, for the markets to get access to the truth about profitability and valuation. And, and, and right now, the studies show that the markets do not impound the footnotes data. You know, a, a recent study on some por a portfolio study, portfolio management study using our data shows that it doesn't, you know, our data doesn't really get impounded by the market for over 20 training trading days. So that means you can use our signal and combine it with others, or you can do additional research, but it takes over 20 trading days before the footnotes data gets impounded by the market. So David, in, in your data extraction, you've found some pretty interesting things over the years. And I, I've, I've known you for about a decade now, and I know you're not, not one to shy away from a controversial opinion or two. So I, I'm curious uh, what, what you think your most controversial opinion is and, and what data backs up that opinion. Uh, you know, I, th I think probably the one we're best known for is, is Tesla. Uh, you know, and, and Tesla overstates profits with the regulatory credits. And then, you know, a, a lot of, I think, cheating in the cost of goods sold. There's some unusual gains that get baked into there and things like that. But really, it's about that one's about valuation. 
Uh, and it's kind of obvious and that's, you know, everybody knows that. Uh, but one of the things I love about the valuation work, work that we can do is when, when you're doing it through the lens of a reverse discounted cash flow model, you can be very specific. Like I can tell you that in order to justify 250 bucks a share, Tesla's got to be selling upwards of 35 million cars a year by 2032, right? And, and, and I believe that the entire electric vehicle market is projected to be maybe 28 million cars by 2032. So Tesla's going to have over 100% market share. And that's just simple math. And that's assuming that they're selling at an average selling price at around, I think, the average new car price or something, which is quite be far below where Tesla is now. So it assumes they achieve economies of scale. Uh, and it assumes, though, that they uh, have a drastic improvement in, in market share. And it's analysis like that that's really nice to fold on top of having the truth about profitability. Uh, I, think, I don't think people should perform valuation analysis until they're sure they really understand the truth about the current business. Because if you have a misguided sense of the profitability of the business today, how can you be in a position to have an opinion about the profitability of the future tomorrow? or in the, in, at any point. And so uh, we think what we do is extremely important to, to the markets and to all investors. Uh, and, and you can't really do valuation without it. This has been great. But just before we finish, I want to ask you, what do you expect the biggest change to be in the next five years? Oh, wow. Uh, I think the biggest change in the data world is probably going to be uh, the packaging and possibly even like the democratization of access to all of these new factors that we're seeing uh, exploited in a very private and sort of almost asymmetrical way by big funds. And I think eventually a lot of that stuff's going to leak out. That's sort of my mission with new constructs is to basically democratize access to the footnote factor so that more people have access to really just reliable fundamental research. I think a lot of what we've seen in terms of grift in the markets, and I think the grift is big. I think stories and stocks like Kava and Beyond Meat and Peloton and others, these are major, just these are grift stories. That grift happens because so many unsuspecting self-directed investors buy into these Wall Street narratives because guess what? They don't have a choice. Where else are they going to get data? They're led to believe their whole lives that, oh, the Morgan Stanleys and Goldman Sachs of the world, you know, they're super smart. They know what they're doing, right? Uh, and, you know, anyone who's been in the business for a while just knows how conflicted, to say the least, the sell side narratives are. And so I think it's just better for our markets, better for our world, better for society uh, if, if there is a source of reliable fundamental research. And I'm, I'm hoping in the next five years that that will now be sort of table stakes, that everyone will say, oh, we don't have to look at five different versions of earnings, non-GAAP, uh, street earnings, reported earnings, core earnings, S&P's operating earnings. There's one version of the truth. And we can trust that we have the right version and therefore make more intelligent decisions and most importantly, not fall prey to these narratives that are meant to effectively grift money from self-directed retail investors into the pockets of the Wall Street guys. David, this was great. Thank you so much for being a guest on IC Data People. My pleasure to be here. I really appreciate it. I'd be happy to come back anytime.